Join us as we, Angelica Martin and Laura Murphy, navigate our enforced hiatus from the ad world. Listen on as we break down recent ads in conversation with the industry's sharpest minds and your everyday man. This is Ad Break. Break. This week on Ad Break, we broke down Mooty's hilariously daring new campaign with Craig Page, an industry powerhouse with over 20 years' experience. Entering the advertising industry with a background in psychology, he quickly made a name for himself within the strategy world, creating award-winning work for impressive clients from the Defence Force to McDonald's to Google. And he was recently named one of B&T's best of the best strategists for 2023. We spoke to him about his early days as a bass guitarist in London, his transition from psychology to the advertising world, and the importance of aligning your brand with your purpose. It was so lovely interviewing Craig as we worked closely with him when he was the chief strategy officer at So it was really nice catching up with him. Bit of a warning though, we recorded this episode in a quiet park, however failed to recall that we were under a flight path, so apologies <laughs> in advance for the planes throughout. Enjoy! Well, welcome, Craig. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. Angelica, what broke you this week? So at my house, we currently have a rat problem. And we've discovered this because every morning we wake up and a different piece of fruit has been torn apart, nibbled at, munched on. Or one morning we actually woke up and the banana had been taken from the bowl, ripped down to the floor and halfway behind the fridge. So I was like, oh, where'd my banana go? Oh, it's behind the fridge. (laughs) Our landlord doesn't really care about it. So we've put the fruit bowl in the oven overnight. So The oven? I thought it would have been a fridge. No, the fridge is two chuckers. We've got to put it in the oven. So Laura, what was your low of this week? Well, as you know, we're on our job hunt and Mm -hmm. you're doing lots of networking coffees, which is great. But I actually don't like coffee and I'm in this Mm. conundrum where I'm like, "Mm, do I just sit there and sip something that I don't like? But then I'm going to have this look of disdain the entire conversation. What's up with girl? Does she even want a job? Mm -hmm. Um, But then you don't want to be the person that orders the $12 juice. Um, so I've been having a lot of soy chai lattes. And hot chocolates are so juvenile. That's been a bit of a low, but also a high because I've been meeting lots of interesting people. Yeah. Um, Craig, what about you? What broke you this week? What broke me this week? Um, so I had to deal with a new kind of self-serve checkout at the Coles nearby. Oh, no. I don't know what how it's supposed to be used, but it's like a conveyor belt. So it's <gasps> intended for the big trolley. Oh, but self-serve. Big weekly shop. Okay. Conveyor belt, self-serve. So you put your stuff out of the trolley, on the conveyor belt. <laughs> the conveyor belt moves it like three or four feet towards the scanner. That's and then you up. walk over to the scanner and scan the things in. And the put, CX there, I don't know. And then you have to put them in your own bag and put your bag back in your Although, trolley. Although, I reckon this could be a really fun challenge. Like, make it time-based. What, how fast is the conveyor belt? How quickly can you exactly do it? Race the groceries. <laughs> but it's just like, I could just push the trolley up to the scanner and scan it in. I don't know why they... Uh, it, so it, I just found it all very confusing and annoying. I can that, see that how that would confuse you, yeah. Yeah. Me specifically. You specifically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but on a more positive positive note. Angelica, what put you back together this week? What put me back together this week was an act of bravery from myself, which was going to the dentist. Congratulations. Um, Yesterday, I had a filling that I needed to get. They told me that about 15 months ago, and I put it off for 15 months because I'm a, a child. So I went and I did it, and yes, it was terrifying, but it's over. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> what put you back together this week? I'm not sure if you know, but I'm a bit of a marketplace 
themed. Everything mm. in my house, I've found a marketplace and I'm enthusiastically a bit of a flipper. Like if I can get something that's like 90% there, but it's free, why not make a little project for myself? Coincidentally, there's a few unfinished projects around the house, a few extra chairs <laughs> that need to be upholstered, a few cabinets that need to be painted. But the first thing I ever bought on marketplace when I moved out of home many years ago was like, naturally the first thing you need to get when you move out is a mirror, you know, very essential. But in the new house, it doesn't work, doesn't fit. So I've had it up on marketplace for about six months because I, I remember was like, seeing I'm it. The mirror you. doesn't work. So long ago. Well, it just doesn't work at the new space. Oh, right. <laughs> and I'm not good in it. <laughs> yeah, it's me. I'm it's the turned problem. turned into a portal into another world. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm seeing, I'm not liking. Right. So, um, But I wanted to make a profit off it naturally. naturally. Um, so it's been on marketplace for a while. Clearly some buyers have seen it, not liked it, including you, Gel. Sorry. Um, but I finally sold it at a bit of a margin. So nice. That's I'll be in for the cost of living at the moment. Well done. <laughs> Craig, what put you back together this week? I guess I'm a, I've been on a bit of an ad break of my own, so mm-hmm. I've been taking the opportunity to have a lot of coffees too. Yeah. And I've actually been, maybe I need to learn that lesson about not ordering too many coffees. And <laughs> stretching my caffeine tolerance <laughs> levels. Yeah. Um, and just checking in with a bunch of people I haven't had a chance to chat to in ages, and that's been lots of fun. So, yeah, yeah it's really good. Well, Very that's nice. actually a really good lead up to what our next question was going to be was mm-hmm. if you've ever had an ad break and clearly you're on one right now, yeah. what do you think it's teaching you about yourself, about your career, any advice? Well, I've, do- I've done it a few times. Like last time it was more because I had a, a child, mm-hmm. our second child. I took a few months off because I, uh, I wasn't entitled to any parental leave <laughs> oh. at the place I was working at because I was a contractor. So I took a few months off and that was good, but obviously it wasn't really um, about career or anything but in general i think i think it's a good time to um yeah reflect think about what you want have time and headspace to think about what you want to do and and what you value and what you don't want in a in your next gig um which is often hard to spend time thinking about when you're in the middle of a job you know totally yeah yeah so you had a very interesting although not totally uncommon route into becoming a strategist oh yeah having started doing psychology so do you want to tell us a little bit about your journey into strategy okay yeah so I guess I had no idea what I wanted to do going into university I mean it's a different like I'm from the UK and it's a kind of different culture there with education like there's Mm. not that expectation that your degree choice is very career-minded you know I wasn't I wasn't the best at studying (laughs) so I kind of realized that if I was going to get through uni um, I needed to pick a subject I was really interested in Mm. and psychology really fascinated me I was kind of really curious about what makes people tick and what makes people behave the way they behave and how we how our perceptions are created and how reality is processed i also at the same time i was had a bit of a musical bent when i was a teenager so i was in a few bands i went to uni in london primarily to try try you know joining a london band and Mm -hmm. and playing gigs instrument of choice I was a bass player. Oh. Nice. I ended up choosing that because it was the one, when I was at high school, um, I, a good friend of mine was a guitarist and another one was taking drum lessons, so that was the natural, <laughs> yeah. and I couldn't, I tried singing, I clearly couldn't sing. An opportunist from the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw the gap in the market. Yeah. <laughs> Once I um, finished my degree, I was really unsure what to do, and I, but I wanted to do something that was kind of psychology related, something that had a creative kind of adjacency to it like part of a creative industry I was asked to look consider a PhD course and stuff like that and go down the kind of academic route which I didn't want to do because it felt too well academic I guess like (laughs) I wanted something with a bit of a commercial output to it so I was talking to a a lecturer at my uni who had who used to be in advertising and she said 
why don't you have a think about advertising? So I looked up a few websites, applied for some grad schemes, and the rest is boring history, but yeah. <laughs> so how do you feel that your background starting in psychology has informed your approach to advertising and strategy? So I think at the time when I started, there wasn't that much focus on behavioral science in the industry. So it was kind of interesting being deprogrammed a bit <laughs> with regards to that. Mm. Um, the other area is kind of um, the use of data and mm. kind of empirical methodologies yeah. like it was something that was a big focus in my degree and it was surprising how let's say unscientific the use of data was I just imagined it would be very sophisticated and rigorous but um, in actual fact and for many reasonable kind of reasons you know it's not um, so it took me a while to wrap my head around that mm. and um, I'm still happier I did that than a advertising or marketing degree because it gives you a, a very different perspective to what you're going to pick up anyway when you get in there. But um, yeah, no, definitely use it. I think I think it's more about mindsets and kind of ways of thinking than than the actual content of the course. So, what do you feel is the biggest misconception about strategists? There's a lot of um, talk about trying to be the clever, cleverest person in the room mm, and trying yeah. to kind of just be a be a brain in a jar kind of thing. But yeah. I think that can be true, but it shouldn't be the way. I mean, a lot, a lot of people say it's actually, you know, in, don't try and be the smartest person in the room, try and be the most useful person in the room. Yeah. Um, but really for me, it's about, yes, it's that too, but it's, all, it's mainly about trying to ensure an impact and an outcome that you're making sure it's going to deliver what it's supposed to deliver um, and understanding all the great work that's being made, how it's tying back to actual, um, you know, ch behaviour change or whatever outcome you're, you're trying to create. Yeah, understanding why things are being done the way they are. As like a creative, I always find that interesting. Like, how do you see the role of creativity or working with creatives um, in the role of strategy? Well, it's funny, I've been having a lot of chats about this recently. A lot of the, if, if not all, the best creatives I've ever worked with have been very strategic in terms of they understand the role of the insight in the idea and, you know, they can write a great creative brief and, or, or a proposition that leads to great work. And a lot of the time, strategists don't as well as they can because they're the ones who know what they're going to do with it. So it's really easy to see how how much utility it has you know for, for ideas yeah it's more than just coming up with a great prop if you know what I mean yeah it's kind of understanding what are the what are the associations you're trying to build or the category you know what are the category entry points you're trying to build associations with what are the brand assets and how are they coming through what are the values I don't think it's it's that creatives can't do that it's just not what they want to be doing and it's not mm. what they they're best at yeah. Just fight. similarly, strategists aren't that great at kind of writing ads, but that's why the partnership has to work so well. You've really got to understand what makes the other part tick. But that does make sense. Like you're saying, the best creatives you worked with are strategically minded. Some of the best strategists, it sounds like, are creatively minded, or at least to have that sort of empathy or understanding of mm. how what you're setting up can yeah. inform a good creative practice. Yeah, and I think obviously that's all in the realm of creative strategy. Yes. Obviously, there's lots of others other kind of uses of strategic people that yes. doesn't require that or doesn't uh, involve that mm. um, although in many ways like I'm a big believer that good strategy is a is a creative act in itself you know it's kind yeah. of looking at um, a, a novel kind of puzzle and, and finding a new way of putting it together and you know because we operate in, in competitive <laughs> markets and um, environments we have to think differently to the competitors it's if there's if there's an easy solution it won't be a, a novel one or it won't be a distinctive one. So you have to, totally. yeah. And on that, I was just thinking, I know you're a big ChatGPT fan. Huge. Huge fan, as post, am I. posters all over my bedroom wall. <laughs> 
I know you love it. Generated on mid-journey? Or with, <laughs> with, um, with what we were just chatting about, with, you know, how you come to find insights and whatnot, do you have any favourite, like, go-to prompts that help you uncover oh. insights at the moment? No, not really. I don't really... I haven't used it that way. Oh. Oh, I mean, experimentally, but it very rarely results in much. Sometimes it's good to just see some wrong answers. <laughs> you know? It just gives me stuff to feed in to maybe spark something. Yeah. Um... Well, we've mentioned ChatGPT being like a method to prompt a thought. Is there any other techniques that you go to if it's not naturally flowing to spark inspiration? Um, Over the years, I've collected like a folder of other people's strategies I've seen that I've really liked. So I'll open a random one of those and go, well, what if I approached it like that? Or, um, you know, or I mean, often it's just like you just kind of something comes to the front of your head. I'm a big believer in the whole sleeping on stuff. Wake up one morning, shower thoughts, you know, kind of just go, oh, actually, what if, why am I thinking about this? You know, like this could, this could mm. come to it. And that's what always, like, shocked me coming from account management, like, and coming from, you know, having to resource different people. Like, resourcing strategy just seems so bizarre to me. I'm like, we're expecting these people to you know, perform four hours of thinking today on this problem and (laughs) somehow come up with this mind-blowing insight that's going to, you know, like... And, like, with creatives as well, it's like, how can we put strategic and creative thinking... How can we say four hours' worth of that will do it? It's just (laughs) when it's a shower thought or something that comes to you in the middle of the night that's actually going to be that little nugget of gold. It's weird that we have to, you know, resource it and put a time limit on it. Yeah, it's not a great model. I don't know. I think it's, you know, it's... um uh, what do they call it? Um, kind of focused and then diffused thinking. There's like a, a, a theory that um, a good method for thinking outside the box is just to kind of focus on the challenge for a bit and then just try and forget about it for a bit. Yeah, it's like, like the power of procrastination. Or yeah, it's powerful. <laughs> it is though. Yeah. So actually, spending time working on something else can be a good a good solution. Yeah. I think just yeah, letting letting your brain wander. Yes. All right. With that, let's wander off into our next segment. (laughs) Is it a bit of a wank or is it making bank? Let's break apart a recent Aussie ad with our industry professional and the everyday man to figure it out. Welcome, tea enthusiast James. Hi. I'm a tea enthusiast. (laughs) (laughs) And my name's James. Whoa, that's perfect. That's exactly what we need. Um, So, James, tell us a little about yourself and your tea drinking habits. I come from an English family. So, you know, multiple points throughout the day, it's always a cup of tea. It's like at least 10 times the kettle's being boiled. Mm. Um, We were like a Tetley extra strong family like down like there was nothing else in the house okay so do you consider yourself a bit of a loyalist oh totally like if i'm having an english breakfast that's what it's gonna be um so you've mentioned you've got a bit of loyal tea cue for laughter (laughs) um (laughs) um but would you say your primary determinant is taste or if a company say a tea brand is um doing some great like purpose-driven work like you know your money is going to go to a good cause is that a factor or are you kind of like i need it i need it to taste good first um yeah like i need it to taste good first like honestly not really i mean sometimes like i'll like reach for like you know the thing that's like giving 10 percent of its profits to whatnot but within when it comes to like food yeah. and drink and stuff that's... i want it to taste like the thing that i want absolutely well, with that said there's a new tea brand called moo tea that's just come out with an ad um, by Dentsu, and we're going to show it to you and just get your first impressions. So what James is viewing is one of Moo Tea's new TVC ads made by Australian agency Dentsu that uses dark, dry humour throughout. The ad begins with a man sipping tea in his kitchen with the sound of a shower running in the background. When you drink Moo Tea, 
All of the profits go to fund youth mental health programs. But this is quickly contrasted with the man turning on the hot tap and stating... But I don't drink it because I'm a good guy. I drink it because it's a good thing. That was great. <laughs> there was a little was bit of... Well, because I thought it was kids screaming, and then I was like, no, he's got, like, some woman, like, tied up in the back. <laughs> okay, wait, James, is? so before we, before we speak about anything in front of you, we've got a lovely cup of mm. mood tea, and we've got your favourite. Tetley's extra strong. <laughs> that you brought. Now having seen that ad, which one are you picking? Are you going with your normal one or? Good question. I'm probably still gonna go for the normal one because I know what it is, but I would recognize the brand at that point. Like it was a very like memorable brand, like ad. Like I would see that and be like, oh, that was a funny ad. You remember the name of it though? Oh, totally, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, interesting. So let's chat about it. So Craig, you've seen this ad before. Um, What was your first thoughts on it? Oh, pretty similar. I thought it like it's a funny sketch. I like the humour of it. It was interesting hearing your interpretation of what was happening because I was I was also thinking how it might be a bit hard to get, um, particularly if you're not paying attention to it as mm. most of us aren't in when we're kind of seeing ads. It's interesting how they've gone about the whole how they deal with the good cause purpose thing, and still also talk about the it being mainly about the quality of the tea but mm. still kind of and I'm not sure how well that works well James what what were your thoughts on that like what do you think happened there was a look for people who cannot see yeah, actually yeah. everyone listening there was a little bit of fear and confusion in your eyes yeah. um <laughs> What, what was going through your head in that moment? Um, I liked how the ad um, sort of mentioned the sort of like the, the conscious consumption thing of like um, I'm not doing it because I'm good. I liked that. I thought that was funny. The confusion was the screaming in the background. Was it the pipes? Was it children? Was it like a woman being tied up? It was a tea ad. I was a bit confused. Um, mm-hmm. But I, like apart from that, I thought it was successful. But yeah, I probably agree that maybe in a 20 second ad, it's a it's a lot to bring up. Yeah. Like, I mean, my interpretation of it was it was like someone's in the shower, yeah. so he's turned the tap on and it's caused the... Oh! Totally. Yeah, but like, I thought he was like putting on the tap so no one could hear like the woman the screaming. screaming. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly though. I got that as well, but that's because in my house that was very much the case of what happens. But I like I know that's not the case in everyone's house, so I'm like... I think it's a pretty well-known trope though, right? Yeah. Like people... people but it's a bit of a story. To be a quick ad that you're not paying too much attention to. Yeah. yeah. And I also think the tonality of it is very unusual, quite brave thing for a tea bag ad like it's yes. it's not the kind of thing you'd ex- doesn't see, it seems more like a beer ad than a tea ad yeah no totally and they've clearly come up against the challenge I think a lot of purpose brands have which is it can't be just about the purpose I'd be really interested to find out what moods kind of actual where they came from what their story is because you know if you set out to cure mental health problems how you get from that to making a tea bag I think you kind of need to join those dots if you're going to make that your story. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I'm, I'm thinking probably they just they wanted to do a tea brand. <laughs> yeah. And then they added on the, the the conscious bit of it, but it's it's just I think I think the relationship between the elements was a bit confused. Mm. Um, and if you want to talk about it being a great tea, then why not make that the point rather than a weird kind of cynical take on your own purpose. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You see, I don't, it's kind of, um, obviously I think the challenge with interpreting any ads is you don't know 
the logic that went <laughs> into it, and it could they could have really good reasons for all of this stuff. It's interesting looking at some of the comments on the video. One person at Charles Ming found this ad very disturbing. Is he hiding the sound of a woman screaming? It's very distressful and not enticing to the product. He looks like a serial killer. The problem is the creative team have not considered context. And then it goes on for a few more paragraphs um, and ends wow. with, did you not market research this ad? Clearly not. I guess my question around it is you've done a good point of saying they're a, a purpose-driven brand, but maybe there's lack of connection with the tea. It kind of like almost relies upon in my mind like people already understanding their brand as we contribute mm -hmm. and do good for the world let's flip it and also point out that we also are just a really nice tea but it seems to have a very yeah. jarring reaction well looking at the packaging as well like it's got really nice bright colors and cutesy kind of illustrations on it it just feels very at odds to the tonality of the brand. Totally. I think, if anything, that'll make it harder to recognise it on mm. the shelf. And, you know, it's not particularly distinctive as a, as a tone of voice in any case. Mm. Um, whereas if they took the lead from what was apparently the rest of the product's kind of ecosystem and did something that was more aligned with the good intentions, I don't, it just seemed like it was written for an audience who don't care about the cause. Mm. In which case, why is it even... Like, it just contradicts its own reason for being. Well, as James is a tea drinker who you've said, I, I'm going to assume you're a lovely person who wants to give back, but at the end of the day, you still want to buy the tea that you think is the best. It seems like you are the target that this ad is going for. Yeah. Do you think it does that job? I think it does, but I also think that I'm not understand the, deep, like, the deeper meaning at all. I didn't even realise that it was like 100% of profits to mental health, like I'm reading that on the box now. I didn't make that correlation really in the ad. I think it was said like very quickly or something and then it was sort of drowned out by <laughs> screaming and whatnot. So I don't, I don't know, I feel like that's a selling point, Yeah. right? Well, I think as well, this, these, I mean, I assume there's a range of different flavours and yes. things. And th this is like pineapple and cinnamon. I don't suppose they do, like it's not gonna be your daily driver well, there is you know an I mean? English breakfast and there is a few other herbal ones right. as well. Because I think with the fruity flavour, like you kind of, you've got the one that you know. Mm. I mean, I'm, you know, British heritage as well, so I do speak mm. with some authority on the subject. <laughs> <laughs> I have genetic credentials. <laughs> um, you know, you've got your standards that you live by and you won't, you won't flex on, but then there are kind of the novelty ones you'll grab on more yeah. of an in, in, like a spontaneously. Exactly. And I think if you've seen something that, makes this stand out a bit more off the shelf as uh, reminding you of something you saw maybe you'd be I, th I think the mental health thing might bias you a little bit like mm. oh why not I'll give that one a go this week kind of thing yeah but that's probably the extent of yeah. how that influences the decision I, I would say so true I don't think that man was drinking um, cinnamon and pineapple tea <laughs> yes okay guys you know we don't have jobs at the moment this one was on sale <laughs> <laughs> come on oh, I'll, I'll try it but yeah, that is interesting, saying like one of their key differentiators is the fact that they give 100% of their profits back to mental health, but they've chosen to acknowledge that to put forward almost a contrasting message, which is, you know, a bold and brave move. So is your kind of thought process like maybe that's a missed opportunity or that makes the strategy confusing? Or maybe a better question is to start yeah. with, what do you think the strategy is? If you're going to have a purpose like that, it needs to be aligned with your brand. And the way they're coming across as the advert is that it's contrary to the brand. They're almost going, this this is a tea aimed at people who are cynical about good causes, and, you know, which there is a lot of people who do feel that way. Like but it's not, Yeah. <laughs> but mood tea is not one of those 
does not have that opinion no. clearly right. so so it's kind of odd it just feels a bit kind of tacked on as a result like it's not coming from them as much as coming from a creative team at Dentsu totally yeah okay well that's actually interesting because it's like you're saying like their natural target audience fit is people that do care about that and would be driven by well, it only because it's there right if, yeah. if, if, if Mood Tea was a brand that didn't care about that stuff then why, is it, why, why does it even do it I'm kind of curious because we were having a conversation in our last podcast actually about purpose driven work but I guess you know there's so many different opinions around it but how do you create an identity outside of that do you think it needs to solely lean on that differentiator or do you think like how do you target people who clearly this ad is targeting people who maybe care about that less Mm -hmm. do you think that's a valid strategy and approach to try and broaden that audience or do you think maybe is it too soon for this brand like what's your thought process on targeting that group yeah i'd say they're both valid you've just got to be consistent i think so it's you know and, and again, I don't I haven't had any of the background on the brand, but like if Mood Tea was created to help solve men, youth mental health, then that's a great story to tell, and that should be a story, and you should be passionate about that, and you should own that, which they're not doing. Mm. Or if they're just created to be a great tea because they care about having a good cup of tea, <laughs> that can be a purpose too. Mm. That's arguably the you could say is the purpose of Tetley or any of the, those brands is. Um, but then don't muddy it with random good causes that you're kind of strapping on. Yeah. Like, that's not... For me, that's what... Brand purpose is what your brand's there to do. Like, what is the kind of... What was the thing that the founder was really passionate about doing that made him go into that business? Yeah. Um, and that should be consistently communicated through everything, not kind of fucked with too much. Yeah. You know? I guess that kind of brings the question of authenticity. Like, you're saying that, you know, what your financially supporting should be your mission and wholeheartedly be embraced by the brand um james as like a consumer of this audience how do you perceive the authenticity of this tea like having seen that ad and then seeing the packaging like you said then finding out that 100 percent of profits go to mental health how do you perceive their authenticity as a brand yeah i mean there is like a dissonance between like the ad and the packaging the packaging i'm, I'm getting like a better story honestly like it's 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 feeling cohesive i'm also just like a visual person and it's just like telling me exactly what i need to know it's about mood it's there's a connection between the like brand title and like what their purpose is Mm, mm. um but then i'm not like none of that was in the ad yeah Mm. i'm not really sure like i'm not sure i doesn't make me feel like they're being disingenuous but it makes me just feel like maybe they don't know what they're selling i mean it could very well be that they they did some research and found that people said that they would the fact that it's purpose driven makes them question the quality of the tea like I could see that I could see that being the problem that they're trying to solve but again I just would solve it in a way that is aligned with the purpose not in a way that kind of goes you know that that's not important or it doesn't matter when clearly it's very important to them (laughs) like yeah I personally found it very entertaining like it definitely made me remember the brand yeah it's funny um, like it, you, it could have been a lot less um entertaining and would have cut through less as a result right and i think so it does have quality to it for, for sure. sure so with all that considered i th- guess that brings us to our final deliberation so craig and james is that ad a bit of a wank or is it making bank what do we think um i'd say making bank I'm, t- I'm torn. I, does that, are the two things mutually exclusive? No, you yeah, definitely. I are. personally believe you've got to have a little bit of wank in there. Like it's good. You got to have like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's like 
you got to indulge creatively and strategically, yeah. but it can also be very effective and be good for your brand, or you can not be doing both at the same yeah. time. I don't think it's an entire a total turkey. Yeah, mm. um, I think it's just a yeah wank bank. It's one for the wank bank. <laughs> <laughs> There you have it. There you have it, folks. It's a wank bank. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for coming on, James. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so one final question for you, Craig, which will be applying to yourself as well, considering you're in an ad break yourself at the moment. Do you have any advice for us for getting out of our ad break? Um, well, I might do a classic strategy cop-out move and uh challenge the question or the assumption the question. <laughs> because i don't i mean don't necessarily feel you have to get out of an ad break sure i love i think enjoy <laughs> enjoy the ad break. yeah but it doesn't have to be going back into you mm. know consider consider all your options yeah take the opportunity to to know what you want to do mm. or you know for your next it doesn't have to, you're not going to lock yourself in for life may not even be advertising Ooh. who knows so yeah don't 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 stress it don't rush it that is good advice. Enjoy it while you can, because there'll be a time in a few weeks, I'm sure, where you'll wish you had another <laughs> ad break. <laughs> Indeed. All right, well, thank you very much, Craig, for coming on. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh, that was such a good chat with Craig. It was so nice to catch up with him. Yeah, and I, I particularly really loved his advice at the end because it's so true. Like, we're at that early stage in our career. It's just exciting to explore, like, how we can develop ourselves creatively and strategically and thinking about that first rather than just thinking about a particular role. Yeah, no, totally. And if you want to see where this podcast takes us on our journey, you can follow along at Adbreak Podcast on LinkedIn. And, yeah, we'll see you next week. See you then. This is Adbreak. Break. <laughs>